right. We're at it again. Mm. We've got loads of stuff. We're going to make them fight. And we're going <laughs> to decide who wins. That's the premise. That's the basic premise. We're doing our tournament of champions. March madness. Technically, July madness. Big sporty tournament fighty thing. We but this need, time... We need a wrap-up name. name for this. We need to do a new name. But for now, I'm going with that, what I just said. We have to say that exactly the same every time. Okay. But this time, we are doing directors. Yes, directors. Mm. And the system's slightly different this time. Because we came up with too many directors we wanted to be involved. So we've had to decrease the amount of entries from each section as last time we had four different franchises each with eight films this time we have got eight directors each with four films so the selection is smaller meaning mm-hmm. it's a bit more tight those that top four is a bit more is contested yeah and as last time we have started with the metacritic scores <clears throat> in the order they should be shown but we have made some slight adjustments yeah as because there's now a smaller number, we felt that there were some obvious snubs that should not be disregarded. Yeah. And some odd high marks we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll make them we'll, clear yeah, we'll when, we, them when, they when come we get up. to them. Uh, but some have been untouched and they're just the same. So mm-hmm. some of them are true to that. So as before, so now we've got eight groups. There will be eight mini tournaments. We'll decide the winner of each one for each director, and then those eight will go into a larger tournament to fight against each other and to be crowned the best film made by the specific eight directors. We're doing the world of service. So, <laughs> what, which slash who director are we beginning with, David? I don't know. Just I'll pick like... one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just work left to right. Let's make it yeah. easy for us. Let's, make it, not, easy on let's you. not make it too complicated. So, they're, all, they're in a random order on my screen. So. As long as we do one at a time, we're all good. There you go. Take uh, it away. Just... David, share oh. your screen, sir. That didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening on the podcast um, platform, we are currently trying yes. to do a screen share so we can all see... Uh, we will, for your benefit, we are going to talk through them as well. Yeah. It won't just be visual. We will, as we did last time, also the name of the film, the score, who, like it will be described audibly. Share <laughs> <laughs> uh, the goddamn screen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> what about that? That um. That thing that happened this year, huh? Yeah, Crazy. all the things. Yeah, mad. Yeah, people, people. Mad. Oh, yay! Oh, it's just us again. Look at that. There you go. Yeah, all the things right. that have happened in the year of our Lord, 2020. <laughs> all right, Wes Anderson. Here we are. We're kicking off with Wes. Wesers. Can put you Ryan down can there? You... Oh, so I'm going to be in it the entire time. I can, I can no, every time drop. someone else talks, it flips. It no, skips. Get, go it. get rid of it. That's distracting. Oh, there you go. There you go. Just, we'll just leave it. Here yeah. we go. Where's Anderson? Here we are. Great man. Wesley and- Anderson. 
Yeah. So <laughs> first thing to notice, all its top four are over eighty. They are. As as good. But no nineties. No nineties no for Wes Anderson, no. But our so, first our first battle is going to be the number one seed, the number one film on Metacritic, the Grand Budapest Hotel with eighty eight, against the number four, Fantastic Mr. Fox on eighty three. All right. What do we so, think? Let, let's discuss. So, Grand Budapest Hotel um, was a, a big, a big changing point, I think, in his career. I think that was uh, arguably his most successful, both critically and maybe financially. Um, oh yeah, definitely. That, when that came out, that was a big, big, big deal. That's um, when, when he went mainstream, or as mainstream. Yeah. But then he went, he went, went back. Of his next film went very unmainstream immediately. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. decided he didn't like it because that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. I um, I always thought Grand Budapest is the the avatar of of his career in the sense that yeah, it's his biggest film, but also it's one I've never really thought about going back to. I don't know. No. I've only ever seen it the once. Yeah, I absolutely adore that film. Okay, all right, it's, interesting. I, I it's um. I mean, that might, it might be because I'm more basic than your average Wes Anderson fan. I don't know. <laughs> it, is, it is the most mainstream of his films. Basic Wes Anderson bitch. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I don't think deny. anyone who likes Wes Anderson films can call themselves basic, though. <laughs> even, if yeah. it is, even if that is your favourite one. With, um, I don't know if it's my favourite one. I genuinely don't. It really depends what mood well, I'm in. Well, out of these four. Out of these four? Out of these two. Out of these two, exactly. Out, out of these two, yes, my vote goes to Grand Budapest Hotel, despite the fact that Fantastic Mr. Fox is indeed fantastic. Mr. Fox, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic talk, Mr. Oh, talk Fox about Mr. Fox for a bit. Great film. Careful. Fantastic Mr. Fox, to me, is um, is regarded, like to me, as one of the, the most incredible stop-motion um, animations ever conceived i think it's just fucking genius and and yeah. captures a, a certain spirit of of Roald Dahl um, and Wes Anderson He's, and Wes he Anderson. really he really converted the world without compromising it exactly that's that's exactly how i've always seen it yeah i i think it's uh yeah a, a significantly i think personally i think it's my favorite Wes Anderson film com- completely so that's a spoiler for later maybe well same so so for the sake of ease then i think my oh, this one. fantastic mr fox two votes for mr fox i've watched it maybe 20 times yeah, yeah. <laughs> many, many times. yeah. brilliant film all right and, and quote it to this day i'm calling it mr fox's beaten out grand budapest hotel mm. won't mm-hmm. race fines be disappointed <laughs> I don't think he would. I think I bet he loves Fantastic Mr. Fox. Probably. I I don't think there's a thing he doesn't love. Yeah. He'd, He'll he'd... do anything. Harry Potter. He hates Harry Potter. <laughs> Does he? I don't, I don't the know. Person, not the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does <laughs> um... like him. He doesn't do a very good job at trying to kill him, does he? Uh, rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot he of things get in his way, to be fair. Cares, cares about Harry's education as well. Yeah, but he can't. The point is, he can't kill him for a long time because of the 
Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the law. <laughs> All right, on to the second bout. We've got the number two seed Rushmore with mm. 86 against the number three seed Moonrise Kingdom with 84. This is, this is tight. This is as tight. the scores suggest. Yeah. Mm. You've got you've got early Wes Anderson with and Rushmore. mid Wes Anderson. Yeah. I'd say mid mid to late. Am I right in saying Moonrise Kingdom is the one he did before Grand Budapest? Um, before Fantastic Mr. Fox, was it? Yeah, I think, yeah. It's around there somewhere. I think Fantastic Mr. Fox bridged those two, if I remember correctly. I might okay. be wrong. Um, Mr. Fox is 2009, I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to say that Moonrise Kingdom was 2000. Oh, I don't know, 10? I, I know Grand Budapest yeah. is 15, so. Oh, I don't know. Every late noughties, early tens. Yeah. Whatever you call the twenty tens. Whereas Rushmore <laughs> is what second feature? I, I think Rushmore's early. Second, bottle Rocket. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's his second feature film. Yeah. 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 Wow, uh, I I really like Rushmore. But I also really like Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Moonrise Kingdom has got a lot more Wes Anderson in it and Rushmore. It's, it's a lot yeah, more his, Wes Anderson. His style yeah. is very much more apparent. It's more uh, established by that point. Yeah. His mm. his style was uh, was there in his early films, but it was it was much more undefined. Um, it wasn't probably just due to budgetary yeah. constraints and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I prefer the um, the style and. The, the the Wes Andersonness of Moonrise Kingdom over the Jason Schwartzman is that his name? Yes, Jason Schwartzmanness of Rushmore. Nicholas <laughs> um, Cage's cousin. Nicholas Cage's cousin, indeed. Yeah, yeah. He's one of uh, the couplers. <laughs> yeah. Who's not, bloody... who, there's no couplers on this list apart from him. Bloody couplers all over the place. <laughs> Mm. They're like cockroaches all over. They are. They get everywhere. So, Callum, that's a vote for Moonrise Kingdom from you then. Yeah. Um, I'm torn. Yeah. Because I'm I do right. like Jason Shorten's performance in Rushmore and everyone else's. Bill Murray's. I mean, if we're going to say I like Bill Murray's performance, then that's all Wes Anderson films. So, um, but I would be inclined. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, you just both went really silent. Yeah, we're just trying patiently <laughs> to hear your. Was, and like, you, neither of you were really moving, so I thought you were frozen. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm listening intensely. I'm going to be pushed to an answer, I would go with Rushmore. Ooh. If I was to be pushed to an answer. But that's not, that's a close call. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point of this is that we have to be pushed to an answer. Mm. So, um, so instinctively, I would have said Rushmore. But the more I think about it, the more I remember great things about Moonrise Kingdom. There are, there are, there are more things thrown in there that I'd like. So what if you were being pushed for an answer, David? <laughs> yeah, my, my answer is going to be Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. I'm fine with that. More than happy yeah. with that. Because I know yeah. what's going to happen next, so it's fine. I, remember, <laughs> I just, like, 
because originally I was I remember the story of Rushmore more than I remember Moonrise Kingdom, and then yeah. I remembered the Moonrise Kingdom has got Ed Norton in it. He does I have Ed Norton. Love in him it. in that. <laughs> <laughs> And he doesn't even do anything particularly amazing, but he's really good. No, he plays it pretty straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, he plays straight very well. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, fantastic, Mr. Fox is my vote to make Same. that play simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so for those for those who are listening, not following on, yeah, uh, on screen that is uh, the the final bout to determine the best Wes Anderson film is between Fantastic Mr. Fox, our number four seed, and Moonrise Kingdom, our number three seed. So we've it's really, really gone against the grain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and by the sounds of it, it's going to be the number four seed that takes it. <laughs> it is. Callum think... already stated his vested interest in Fantastic Mr. Fox winning. Ryan. As have I. Uh-huh. And you, yeah. So, I mean, I can put up as much of a fight as I want. (laughs) Mathematically, it's never going to (laughs) happen. But I lost. I lost the vote on Grand Budapest. I'm going to lose the vote (laughs) in my opinion. Fantastic, Mr. Fox is the best Wes Anderson film. Rightly so. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I hear a hint of of annoyance. Slightly bitter. Just a little Um, bit bitter. The fact that he couldn't even put up a fight. There was no. Honestly, Couldn't even argue it. Honestly, all of these films are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They're great films. Great directors. And we've got a lot to get through, so doing it quickly is we not a bad thing. Yeah. That's where Zanderson. So Fantastic Mr. Fox Mr. is going Fox. through to the final tournament. Here we go. As we move on to a very different end of the scale. Yeah. David thematically. But there yeah. is a through Finch. line of Edward Norton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's an interesting case, isn't it? Because the we had to change the list slightly. Because we had, yeah, this is a change on yeah. the list. Only one film has changed, and it's in our first battle. The first battle is the number one seed, The Social Network, with 95. That's a mental score. Against mm-hmm. the number four seed, which was originally The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But we have decided against it. We've knocked it out and replaced it with Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Which only had five less score, but that yeah, was so it's not, not too extreme. Yes, I think if we'd expanded and done eight Fincher films, Fight Club was yeah. easy. Oh yeah, three. So, Social Network or Fight Club? I feel bad now because we sort of fought for Fight Club to be in there, <laughs> and but now, but now it. I can't help but vote against. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting, those two films, Social Network and Fight Club, um, are, are very different sides of the, of the coin. Um, Fight Club was yeah. him at his most chaotic. Um, Social Network was the start of him being a lot more uh, reserved and perfect, in a sense. That that film is, is technically perfect in, in yeah. every single way. The, the, the camera moves so perfectly, you know, everything's perfect in it. Um, and I love, I love both styles. Um, significantly in fact of his styles I think Social Network is my favourite of his modern Fincher style and Fight Club is my favourite of his older Fincher style so that makes it very difficult for me I think mm. I'll have to go it, it almost sounds as if this is going to decide the winner overall as if the number two and three seeds don't matter <laughs> I mean potentially we'll find out yeah potentially we shall see 
I, I want to see what you right, I'm going to throw out my vote first. I vote for Fight Club. Oh. Sorry, Callum. I'm going to throw on to you. <laughs> just off pure gut instinct, uh, I prefer Fight Club to Social Network. Uh, I like the Social Network. I think it's very good. But Fight Club's got... It's just got that little something more to it. I think. I think. Okay. okay. I don't um, know. I have a no. I have weakness for twists. So. That's fair enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't begrudge you there's that. No, there's no real twist in the social network. <laughs> no. Not really. You sort of know what's going to happen. Yeah, we, knew what, we know what the end's going to be. It's just how that, it plays out. I understand that that's not fair. <laughs> Before yeah. anybody comments. Although, that. if you'd read the book of Fight Club, you knew how it was going to end. Ah, Although, well. technically, it's a very different ending. Yeah, and I tell you what, fun story. I knew the twist of Fight Club before I watched okay. it. And I still enjoyed, still the enjoyed film. it. Did you see the frames? Did you see oh, the yeah, the tiny yeah, yeah. Oh, they right. even explained what they were doing as well. Yeah, they good. did. Yeah, very yeah. helpfully for me. I've actually rewatched both these films very, very recently. Um, yeah, and you know what? I think Social Network is a film that I think I can put on more often. If I if I just stumble across it, I can be like, right, yeah, it work. Yeah, let's go for it because it's just so it just holds up to so many rewatches. It's just so, so to me, it's such an easy watch. Fight Club, I love rewatching, but I love rewatching it with someone who's never seen it before because I just love like them. True, it's not even, their reaction. Even and the every so often, you'll say. turn to look at them with that like happy expression on your face, yeah. like coming up. Really, even because of the twist, it's just because how good how yeah. fun and good the film is, and like all the crazy ah. moments and stuff. Um, yeah, I think because of that, um, because I love that in cinema, I think I'm gonna go for Fight Club. Ooh, oh, wow, yeah, Fight Club. Well, I, I was Beats torn. social network, yeah. I was well, I, I didn't officially, I, yeah, so now I'm gonna put my chips down on social network purely to give it a vote, yeah, yeah absolutely. It and, that. And, and I want to, I want to stress how, how difficult that is for me, to yeah, no. I know I, I, I made it sound like it was easy, but honestly, I could have gone through and I would have been happy. Yeah. I've now I've now got images of an alternate universe where Callum got me to watch Fight Club, and he's eagerly watching me to see what my reaction is to Brad Pitt pissing in the plot. <laughs> 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 All right, on to the second bout. We have the number two seed, Gone Girl, which is surprising. It, yeah. Versus the number three seed Zodiac, but seventy nine and seventy eight respectively on Metacritic. What are we thinking, lads? Oh, I've got a, a soft spot for Zodiac purely because of the fascination with the actual events. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the 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 mystery, like it's so interesting, just the story. Yeah. That the film, like it, I enjoy the film because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a because it's a real spot. life fucking mystery, like <laughs> yeah. Whereas Gone Girl is good, don't be wrong, but it's you know mm. it's fiction. Yeah. So I... what, just a thing, David Fincher is not the most original of men, is he? All of these are based on either a book, yeah, or real life events. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> write his own uh, movies. No, not uh, at all. Yeah. Never. Wrong, I think um, Social Network was written by um, what's his face. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was. Mm. Yeah. Hence why the script is fucking on point. And, and um, Gone Girl was written by, I can't remember her name, but the woman who wrote the book also yeah. wrote the script. 
God, that's impressive, though, for that film, because like, usually that doesn't really work out. Yeah, that one really the time. Big. But she she's got a she's just a good authors, writer in general. Authors don't tend to make good. No, but like she did. She, yeah. she nailed it, mate. Yeah, good on her. Um, but I think I'm going to go for Zodiac purely because of my other interest in the topic. Okay, personally, that's a vote for Zodiac, Callum. Um, so yeah, with Zodiac, um, only Fincher I think can make a film that is about a serial killer that doesn't have the um, definitive ending. Um, no, no, one is, no one else in Hollywood is brave enough to make that movie. I think that yeah. might be part of why Zodiac never had a movie prior to him because there's, like, there's no movie in this because we never find out who the killer was. There's no it. conclusion. There's no but free he, act. There's no... He wanted to explore that thing exactly, the, the, um, the, the, the uh, obsession of trying to find this guy and... and and ending it the way they end it, where it's just so, uh, it, it's almost like an anti-climax, makes it a really good climax. It's, it's, it's like, it's perfect Fincher in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I love uh, like Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. I love uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, Mark Ruffalo, such a good cast. However, I, I don't know why. <laughs> oh shit. I have, I have the most intense soft spot for Gone Girl. Um, I think post social network, he obviously went on and made Girl of the Drunk Tattoo, which I do like. Um, but when I saw Gonga, I was like, okay, right, yeah, this is this is Fincher back to his best. And I think it might be because I have such a, a crazy obsession with Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck is so like he's like a yo-yo. It's like he can be terrible or he can be amazing, and it, to me, it's his best. Yeah, and Rosamund yeah, Pike yeah. is so yeah. incredible in it. Even Neil Patrick Harris and um, yeah, and Tyler Tyler um, Perry um, are both really yeah. good, uh, despite it's the fact so that they they obviously made their their uh, careers in comedy mostly. Yeah, yeah, or mm. you know, Broadway. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to go for Gone Girl as much as I love okay. it. Son, you David. <laughs> this is really awkward because I haven't seen Zodiac. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. It's good. It's good. I really enjoy Gone Girl. And we should probably mention that Seven isn't on this list. No. And I've been told that Seven and Zodiac are actually quite similar. Well, because they deal with a similar. One's completely fictional and one's not, but because they deal with a serial murderer, like in the same way that it's about trying to find who the killer is. Yeah. Yeah. Thematically, they're similar. The interesting twist on Zodiac is Seven is about like police detectives, whereas Zodiac yeah. is about journalists. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was kind of like if Seven was from the point of view of journalists, in a sense. It's, it's, yeah. They are, they are similar. Yeah. They are. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't really vote for Zodiac. No, I think it's, un- it's really unfair to vote for one if no. I haven't seen the other. You, you so can't help perhaps, that, David. Perhaps once I've seen them both. I can, we'll come back and do this yeah. again. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll do this entire thing again. Um, in the meantime, it's going to have to go to Gone Girl, and I apologise for that. No, it's not your. It's not your. Not yeah. your big. I'm sure that's going to happen eventually. Really, with every, well, each one of us, uh, I think that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I really enjoyed Gone Girl, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it would take quite a good film to top that for me. What about a film called Fight Club? 
Oh, oh that, that's a really good segue, Callum. On the, <laughs> the final fight uh, between the number four or number five seed, if you want, Fight Club, in the final against the number two seed, Gone Girl, to decide the best David Fincher film. It's really weird not having that's... the social network in here. It is. <laughs> David Fincher, I want to, I want to uh, make it very clear, is an absolute genius. Um, one of our best filmmakers. Um, ever um yeah. so any film that ended up well, that's in why we chose him i'd say all eight of these guys are probably our yeah. best filmmakers Callum. yeah yeah for sure some some are well, the best not of to diminish what you're saying but... one of the best ever Ooh. um holds holds up against the key well he's spanned many eras now hasn't he yeah i guess so yeah um yeah, all the way up. back from alien cubed <laughs> alien cube. Alien cube. That's what it is. Yeah. It is. It is alien cube. You're right. Yeah. But there's not. There's not three times three aliens, which is annoying. Well, no, it'd be alien times alien. Yeah. Times alien. That's <laughs> a massive alien three-way. That's... Ooh, kinky. What do you get? Anyway, anyway, there's a reason that's not on this list. So yeah, because it's shit. Right. Um... Callum, what point were you going to make? Does it end with either Fight Club or Gone Girl? I hope so. Both? Yes, it's, it's um, again. I think uh, the 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 anarchy of Fight Club fits the, the plot so well. Just the, yeah. the bonkersness of how it was made, um, and the time it was made, and the uh, the unapologetic filmmaking that at the time was actually made it a bit of a flop and a bit of a failure. Snubbed it a bit, um, but realistically is fucking phenomenal uh fight club okay yeah ryan um yeah fight club yeah okay. <laughs> um yeah my vote, my vote also goes to fight oh, club that's unanimous so that's a three nil victory for fight club over gone girl lovely fight club is our best david fincher film I am going to make a suggestion for the next one and continue our six degrees of separation thing going on and say we move on to Edgar Wright because Rosamund Pike is in yeah. <laughs> is in a world's end. So I want to try and I want to try and if we can get to each one via an actor that's in one of them. Okay. And so far we've done it. Yeah. All right. So on to Edgar Wright. I mean, Rosamund Pike isn't in Fight Club. But... She's in Gone, Gone Girl. She okay. also it doesn't Edward have Norton, to, it doesn't Edward have Norton to be was, yeah, because oh. Norton was in Moonrise Kingdom and they didn't win. All right. All right. Here we go. There you go. So I don't Edgar, think we will. We've got now. another <laughs> we, we had another stern word with Metacritic. The number we one did. the number one seed was Baby Driver. Yes. Uh, on how many points did Baby Driver have? Eighty six Baby 86. Driver was on. However, we kicked it off. And replaced it with Scott Pilgrim versus the World on 69. And then we have the three uh, Blood and Ice Cream trilogy films as well. Yeah. In contention. Only five films, Edgar, right? Yeah, I think he was unanimous that we all decided Baby Driver was our least favourite. Was that unanimous? We did. I think we did. We did. Baby Driver is a great film. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think I found what I found interesting going on Metacritic was the worst thing that Edgar Wright's been involved in was Ant Man <laughs> on sixty six, which really? I think proves that getting rid of Edgar Wright 
is Edgar wrong? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> there is still that there is that alternative. I really want to like just on that joke. And <laughs> I really want now that opening the multiverse thing. I really want them to just get him back and just do the alternate universe Ant Man where Edgar Wright stayed on. Yeah. Just re- reboot Ant Man in a different multiverse. And just do Ed- Edgar Wright's version of the same film. I want to see sure. it. <laughs> Why not? Let's, let's awesome. get that. Let's make that happen. That'd be awesome. Anyway, for now, our first bout in the Edgar Wright tournament is going to be Scott Pilgrim versus the World against Shaun of the Dead. So it's, like, it's, that's a toughie. That is. It is because they're vastly different. Yeah. yeah, much like we were saying about Fincher, there's a, there's a, there's a thing here. Scott Pilgrim is new Edgar Wright. Perfect. It's the perfect visual comedy. It's like a lesson on perfect visual comedy. I think Shaun of the Dead is a lesson on perfect script writing comedy. Yeah. Uh, so that there is a slight difference in the two. I think. Um, that I think the writing of Shaun of the Dead is is ultimately superior to uh, the, the visual comedy of Scott Pilgrim, as good as it is, it's literally like perfect. I think yeah. Shaun the Dead is, is just inherently better, I'd say. Okay. Right, so you're going Shaun of solid, the Dead. solid argument. Now, solid I argument. prefer Scott Pilgrim all the way up until the final 20 minutes or so when they... It does, Jason they, Schwartzman's in it. They don't seem to be able to bring it to a decent conclusion, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. They, get, they get one that's perfectly okay, and there's some really funny moments. The bit with Scott and Nager Scott ha- chatting away, that's my favourite moment, probably, <laughs> when they walk out the building, um, having a nice little chat. Uh, and I'm trying to work out if that means that Shaun of the Dead wins for me or not. Because I prefer Scott Pilgrim all the way up until I think about the overall writing. Because Shaun of the Dead's got. But I, I, I mean, again, the fact that that the, the ending of Scott Pilgrim is the ending of the graphic novel series. It's exactly the same. So I know I don't sure if that's Edgar's fault. Is it? Yeah, it's the same. I thought they diverged from. Or the studio man. I thought there was a studio mandate to diverge from it. So that I, to, I, with, I mean, it's been a while since I've read them, but as far as I can remember, it's not a whole lot different. Okay. He still leaves with Ramona. Like he still. Uh, okay. That's still the ending. They still run into the weird door uh, that appears uh, well, in the middle I of the. Oh, then in that case, Edgar Wright wanted to change it, and the studio was like, "Nah." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. So I knew they shot an ending where he ended up with knives in the end. Yeah. And that kind of makes more sense to me in a way. Apart from that she's 17. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Neither of them are good for him. He should ditch both of them and go be with... To work on himself for a bit because he needs yeah, exactly. to, you know, self-love. Exactly. <laughs> That's anyway, the, the him fact... walking through that door by himself is the true ending. Yeah. Right. Um, my vote goes to Scott Pilgrim. I like the. F- I think it's it's going to be unfair, but there's more budget in Scott Pilgrim, and I think that allows Edgar Wright to be more Edgar Wright. And I really enjoy like the almost literal interpretation of a comic 
book slash yeah. graphic yeah. novel style. It's the best version of that, I think, that's ever yeah. been There's only one film that's ever felt more graphic novelly since, and that's um, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does yeah, a similar thing. I, yeah. Um, I dare say they are a little bit to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Just a little, a bit. little bit. Yeah. I can imagine I, someone I, that I, saw I, that I, film. I wrote Scott Pilgrim. Callum Same. Dawn of the Dead. I'm going for Scott Pilgrim too. Okay. Scott Pilgrim win. Again, mainly because I've read the, you know, I'm a bit more of a fan of the sort of yeah. world. There we go. But that's not an easy decision. No. Dawn of the Dead is fucking I favorite. think that's the hardest of the decisions. Yeah. Although, according to Metacricket, the next decision is a fucking tie. Yeah. Apparently. Our number two seed is The World's End on 81. And our number three seed is Hot Fuzz on 81. Um, decided by audience scores, interestingly. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, but, well, The World's End doesn't have an audience score. Um, so Metacritic puts it higher. Are we I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> so Metacritic doesn't trust the general public. I, I'm not Which sure. I don't, I don't blame them. I don't know how they decided. They're both there. They were both fighting against each other. Let's so call it a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my vote goes to Hot Fuzz. No, no offense to the World's End. No. It's, it's best because there's, really. there's a lot that can be said to defend the World's End. Yeah. yeah. Um, the World's End has better choreography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you say that. Like there are some pretty well choreographed fight scenes and and i think also it it um it shows a little bit more constraint as well when it comes to yeah. like the the action and the uh the tightness i think is a little bit tighter than hot fuzz hot fuzz is 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 a long movie for, for it all is. it is um it but the, but the fact of the matter is it fucking whips by like no man's business despite its it, length it literally it whips by constantly it literally it's just whips hands, <laughs> hands despite its length um, World's End has a level of maturity that Hot Yeah, Fuzz... that's what I'd say. I think of all the three Cornetto things, the World's yeah. End is the one that probably deals with the most human story, despite yeah. it being the most absolutely outlandish. Um, Hot Fuzz doesn't need the best that film of the three. Technically, it's it's the most mature, the the most well made, the best yeah. looking. Uh, yeah. from, uh, you know, it's it, but I think. But it it doesn't have the comedy of Hot Fuzz. It doesn't. It doesn't Hot have Fuzz something. So funny, man. Missing something, yeah, that that makes the other two so significantly better. Yeah, I think the World's End is far more of like a, a character driven film. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's, Hot Fuzz is a bit it's, more something crazy's happening. Yeah, it's it's I a very I mean. movie to the other two. Um, yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm made. gonna make a I'm gonna make a thing for you guys. Quote something from The World's End. Fuck it. Smash. Yeah, that was my well. <laughs> <laughs> You're barred. Yeah. Uh, like, how many uh, let's boo-boo. Let's quote... boo-boo. Yeah. So let's yeah. boo-boo. I still say that today. He's drinking fucking rain. <laughs> hey, World's End is a good film. There are some good ones. <laughs> yeah. But you have to think about it. You quote Hot Fuzz, there's so much. So, <laughs> and I tell you what, there's not a single wasted joke in Hot Fuzz. 
the vast majority of it all comes back in the final battle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It sums um, it up. Love it. I can't think of a single joke that isn't repeated at least once in a fresher way. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like the swan in the final fight. That's the last thing you would have expected to say today. <laughs> yeah. I also love the outtake of that. You know, when he's originally interviewing Stephen Merchant. <laughs> Like he's like about the swan because he's the one who's lost the swan. There's an outtake where <laughs> they're discussing it, and he goes, uh, "What what color is it?" And he goes, "Well, it's a swan." Goes, what do you mean? White. And, and then um, Simon Page just goes, "Racist farmer." <laughs> 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 and clearly, they just cut because he starts laughing. But brilliant. Uh, I think. Have you seen? He has a lot of uh, a, a, a personal states. Um, yeah. Um, mainly, I, I feel very connected to Gary King randomly. As annoying as he is, I feel very connected to, to that character and yeah. how it, the, the phrase he says it was ne- it was never better than that night and stuff. Yeah, um, reminds me of like my college days and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it was never better. Than- well, it helps that we went to college in <laughs> in the same town they filmed the film, and, so you, and the, you can and really the, connect stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I like literally worked on it. Like it was like, and like that experience of working on it was like literally the best thing ever. So it's like it was yeah. never better than that time that I worked on that film, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of personal stakes, but I don't think that disillusions me enough to think no. it's a better film than Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz is is generally the superior movie of the two. All right, agreed. Hot Fuzz okay. wins. All right, then I'm going to get I'll give World's End a, a point. Thank you. Thank you. Give the give it a fighting edge because yeah. it, it deserves it. What did you do on the World's End, Callum? He got spotted in heat. <laughs> oh, I was in I was in no, it was in um, not heat. Nut. Nuts even higher. Magazine. Even higher brown. Is I, I, so I was um, a production runner on the main shoot and then I came back as like a, I was in charge of the runners on the return um, and then I had to do, um, uh, then I had to like, yeah, basically clean up Letchworth after they fucking trashed it. <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, Letchworth is very clean. Yeah, so. yeah, you're welcome. You did a good job, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, stayed, it's still clean. It's never got dirtier since then. It yeah. stayed yeah. that clean. Yeah. I think he returns every month or so just to, <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> but it was, yeah. it was interesting. It was such a small set, realistically, for what it was, um, that I was really close to all the action. Like, I heard the Martin Freeman spoiler, like, in earshot. Uh, I just okay. when he when he is one of the uh, blanks. One of the blanks, yeah. I knew all about that, which is bonkers. But anyway. No <laughs> um. So, oh, what are the, all right, uh, here we go. It's the final. Which of these films is the best Edgar Wright? Is it Scott Pilgrim versus the World or is it Hot Fuzz? I think it's I think it's Hot Fuzz, isn't it, lads? It's Hot Fuzz. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I fuck fuzz. it. I love Scott Pilgrim, don't be wrong, but it's Hot Fuzz. No. It, that, all four of these movies are fucking phenomenal. Right. How do we connect this to the next section? Who else have we got? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something. What cast well, member of Hot Fuzz been in a Tarantino? You know? <laughs> uh, Simon Pegg was originally slated to be an Inglorious Bastard. He was. He was. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Let's try and think. Scott Pilgrim's might be our best shot because there's actually some relatively big names in that. Yeah. Well, who else have we got director-wise? 
Yeah, let's have a look. Because I really want to keep this going if we can. Oh, I've got everything on the list here. Bear with me one moment. Um... Spielberg. Oh, no, there's no... No, no, no they're all old Spielberg. There's no new Spielberg. Who else we got? Who else we got? Uh, Michael Sarah in Scott Pilgrim. He's in that David Fincher film, isn't he? <laughs> we just go around in a circle. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. We could, I could get back to Wes Anderson pretty. What easy. David Fincher film is he in? What? What David Fincher film is he in? I don't know. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was a joke. It was a joke. Was a joke. Oh, right. yeah. No, I, I mixed him up with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> very similar yeah. yeah i think people have made that joke before yeah oh i was thinking of that arrested development thing where michael sarah basically does the whole um um fucking oh yeah he pretty much network yeah he starts thing. Uh, yeah he does yeah yeah <laughs> come what it's called but block. face block face block fake block fake block, block. which is actually just a block app <laughs> just a... <laughs> love it Love that. Right, we're getting distracted by the <laughs> So who are the other who are the other directors? We've got it left. We've got right. So we got Kubrick, we've got Nolan, we've got Tarantino, we got Scorsese. And I think Spielberg. it stopped and it? it's not work, it's not gonna work, is it, lads? What are the Christopher Nolan films? Uh Dunkirk, The Dark Knight, Memento. Uh, Interstellar. It's ruined. It's ruined. We're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> someone will. <laughs> someone will message saying no. It, it did work because blah 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 blah. There, there's yeah. a separation. It will work. Let's just move on. It will work. Yeah. Whatever we pick, it will work. Yeah. Right. It's got to be something. It's got to be something. I think our main shout is Tarantino. To be honest. Because he loves yeah. it, right? There must be an involvement there. True. Well, he did the commentary for Hot Fuzz. There we go. There you go. He Boom. was on the commentary, the audio commentary for the Hot Fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's also, good. Edgar Wright directed um, one of the shorts for the Grindhouse. And period. so did, so yeah, done. There you go. We did it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> we saved it. It wasn't an actor, it was a director. It still counts. That's better. Yeah. Right. Certainly we is. are in. Tarantino land. Yeah, the weird, wonderful world. Yeah. All right. So, number one seed, Pulp Fiction on 94 against the number four seed, Django Unchained on 81. That's it's an interesting combo, that. Yeah. David, have you started one yet? If not, I think you should make a start here. What do you think? What, me? Yeah, you're often stuck at the end to make the decision, so you go first. Oh, I started a couple. With it. Anyway, okay. um, my vote goes to Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, I, I like the bit when I can't remember what his name is, but when they're driving in the car and they accidentally shoot him in the head is yeah. one of the funniest moments of cinema. <laughs> I, honestly, I can't, I couldn't stop laughing when yeah. that happened. And I had to rewind because I didn't know what they were saying afterwards. Yeah, John Travolta in that scene is so funny. Yeah, I didn't know he could act. Yeah, you know? R.I.P. Hey. Kelly Preston, by the way. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad, Travolta's son. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, he's fucking phenomenal in that whole yeah. film. 
back. Yeah, as ah, uh, that's good. Um, add Samuel L. Jackson spewing Bible at us. There's <laughs> so there's so much about that film that's iconic. Uh, it, it's yeah. There's one little thing about it that is that it's not the film's fault that has subsequently like tainted it is the fact that now one of its characters does insurance adverts. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, how the fuck has this happened? Yeah, when, Hartfell, when one of it... the incredible actors of his generation is now doing Winston Wolf. Line. Yeah, but also, line. like he says in the adverts, he is Winston Wolf. Is, yeah. So there must be some sort of legality. Arrangement. Yeah. There, there must, like Tarantino must have like been involved some, in that decision. Some heat, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon for actors to go into adverts. Yeah, but he's gone into, as that character. James promoting Trivago, and you're like, yeah, but on. he's that character. He's not. It's not hard. It's he's doing the character from the film. That's uh, weird. I see. I see. Okay, that makes. He says, Hi, "I'm Winston Wolf," and he sorts it out for him. Like he does what he does in the film, but for people who've dinged their car on a roundabout. Okay. It's just I don't like uh, it. Yeah. I don't right. like it. I know right. it's unrelated to the film, but it makes me like, like oh, it's a bit weird. Because <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction was such like a, such an, like, not independent, well, it's kind of independent. It was small and it was such a big hit and it was so like. A million dollars or something. Yeah, but it was so like, and at the time, so anti cinema of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cinema, totally. Yeah, it was so like almost a bit bohemian. And then yeah. and they do adverts for insurance companies. Yeah. It's. Um... It's weird. Pop, pop fiction is undeniably the, the, the cinephile's dream. Every every teenager yeah. cinephile has the poster in their in their room. Um, and I think part of that is because it's about the see, the things that happen between the scenes of, of a normal movie. So yeah. in any other movie, you'd see the two guys turn up at the house and that would be the, the scene. Whereas in Tarantino, we get to see the conversation that happens between them getting out of the car and them getting to the front door. It's yeah. like... It's the the antithesis. It's the anti anti blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and it, I I love that. It's it's style. Yeah. style is, is genius. Um, I do have a soft spot for Django though. I do. I so I so. Enjoy I think Django it. might be the best Western film ever made, <laughs> despite <laughs> it sort of being like like sort of vague. Like it's Western, yeah. but not real Western. But I mean, it's still I, probably the best Western. If film. we're going for Westerns that aren't really real Westerns, I'd throw Blazing Saddles out there. I mean, yeah, well, you're just... sure. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, although they tackle very similar topics, just in a very different way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd argue that the... Uh, the um, uh, yeah, I, I purely... Bar, also a, a sort of yeah. the, the World War II spaghetti Western. Yeah, uh, true. Which is how he's always worded it. But... Um, and there's a lot of Western in Once Upon a Time. As there well. is. He's a big fan of Westerns, isn't he? He's a big fan yeah. of Westerns. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, Django's just so fucking enjoyable. Uh, it's its length just whips by. The, the last act, I think, is is the Tarantino overkill moment um, that he is so often um, sort of labelled with these days as as making his films far longer than they need to be. But I feel like in Django, realistically, it's only the last sort of 10, 15 minutes that's the overkill, where a lot of his other films are more like 30, 40, 50 minutes overkill. Um, yeah. It's so hard. It, it's, right. so, it's so obvious to say Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because it's I placed think... in sort of like in film 
like history and education and 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 there's a reason for that because it is really yeah. like, good it's fantastic yeah. well i'm gonna make uh, a start and put my official vote on pulp fiction okay just to, just to get the ball rolling on it i'm gonna even the playing field then Ow. Of course he is <laughs> A vote for Pop Fiction, a vote for Django Unchained. Ryan, I'm going to go purely on the amount of times I've rewatched, And that would have to go to Pop Fiction. Because I think I've seen Django twice. Django. I think that's fair. But I've watched Pop Fiction at least ten times. Yeah. I, that's, the only thing, that's the only thing I can separate them on. Is just, I've wanted to watch Pop Fiction more times in my life. Yep. yep. You've had more opportunities as well, though, because it's been out. True, long. yeah, true. But let's be honest, nowadays, yeah, you've had the opportunity to see any film whenever. I've seen it against the number of years I've it's I've got been them out. both on DVD. I have the opportunity to see them both whenever I want. True enough. And as much as I was, you know, the time I came out and saw Pulp Fiction, I was probably about the same age. That I, like, you know what? In terms yeah. of my lifetime, yeah, it's probably about the same amount of time. Yeah, okay. fair enough. We're kidding. All right. That brings us on to Bounce 2. The number two mm. seed, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. On oh. three. Crazy. Against the number five seed, not the number three seed. Yeah. So the number three seed was Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. Which three is not the best Kill Bill. Yep. So we've kicked and then... that out and replaced it with the next highest thing on the list yeah. of Wired Dogs, 79. So no Kill Bills in this. No. Which is which? Well, is we ag- we aggregated Kill Bill as one film, and it came out lower than both. Yeah, so. yeah. So Kill Bill Volume One is on sort of sixty odd, which is mad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got six. an entire fucking anime scene in it. Yeah, which is I love that. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It is good. And the fight against Crazy Eighty Eight. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite Tarantino scene. But for me, it doesn't make the film better than some yeah. of these yeah, I, I, I don't know i don't know if it was on here i'd have more trouble true uh, so we've, it, we've got we've got most yeah. recent versus first of his yeah main direct like directorial yeah, yeah. And, and it progressionally you get mm. difference because reservoir dogs is very tight and uh tarantino at his most reserved in a sense um yeah, you know, there was a reason that script was so hot in Hollywood because it was so tight and so tense. Once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood, if if anyone had ever tried to sell that script, I don't think anyone ever would. You know, and he got no. made off the back of his his popularity and his fame, yeah. and the fact that he could make anything he ever wanted. Um, yeah, you don't really have no been his first film that could only have ever been his most recent in a sense. Mm-hmm. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has the same amount of tense. It's just spread out over a much yeah. larger both film time and in film time so yep. that makes sense yeah they're very different they are very <laughs> different one's one location one's you know hundreds <laughs> it's just, yeah uh, it's yeah. a whole city the whole location is like a except the spawn ranch sequence which i guess you could re- refer to as the reservoir dogs of that yeah. film yeah yeah uh, um, oh, and I'll be honest, that sequence is probably my favourite part in the entire film. Yeah, uh, uh, to me, the it's, fact, it's the fact of the matter is, Reservoir Dogs is an entire film of that scene. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, either it's going to Reservoir Dogs. I think it's it's tighter. It's it's it keeps up that tension throughout. It's the pacing is perfect. Mm-hmm. I See, I'd I'd argue the pacing is perfect in Once Upon a Time. I know it's all over the place, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's significant for that for that film, perhaps. Well, you can only judge a film's pace on its own film you can't yeah no okay no um my point <laughs> my point is that that pacing might suit that film but for my personal yeah fair enough thing reservoir dogs has got to have it for me it's um it doesn't have any downtime or it doesn't there's no time wasted in that film yeah and i think once upon a time it didn't it feels like it's meandering and I, you know what? If you want to go ahead and say that that's that film, and it works, then that's absolutely fine. You know, more power, more oh, oh, fair fucks. Copy and copy and paste yeah, what no. David just said. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> yes, I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I. The anyway, more I think so about we've got one vote on Reservoir Dogs. You two can battle out. And... I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to get in early and make Callum's decision harder because I'm going for what's put a time in Hollywood. Oh, shit. Right. Um, the more I think about Reservoir Dogs, the more things I remember, the more things I like. Um, the sequence where Tim Roth is trying to um, uh, explain the story he is going to tell later in the film um, is genius. Um, probably Tarantino at his best, in fact. And yeah, the more I think about various moments, the scene in the diner at the beginning is fantastic. The scene when they're in the car talking about Like a Virgin, all this stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah. But the jukebox nature of Once Upon a Time is so good. The music is fucking phenomenal. So I, would, I think, it, and I think it it, it, it captures uh, like an, an era. entire time period. Yeah, and demonstrates say, Hollywood's change in a film. Hundred yeah. percent. I was just going to say, Once Upon a Time is a pitch perfect period piece. Yeah, it really is. It and feels think, like he recorded it in the 60s and was just waiting until now to release Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Um, I, I uh, agree that Once Upon a Time has its issues um, and I think it's a little bit too long, but the, the final 20 minutes and a majority of moments in the film, my, in fact, my least favourite bits are the bits when it's the Western uh, being filmed. Um, uh, I, I think ultimately Once Upon a Time is my vote. Oh, I do love Reservoir Dogs, but not quite as much. Okay. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Which means that we have an interesting in our hands. We've got classic Tarantino with Pulp Fiction against the most modern Tarantino in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But then arguably, Pulp Fiction is almost a, a sort of a look back at the time that Once Upon a Time is actually set in yeah if that makes I, I sense. what you mean like it, yeah it's, it's yeah that era yeah maybe even earlier but especially if you think about the sequence yeah. in the um, in the diner where it's like marilyn monroe and yeah and uh, elvis Presley and all that i think it's it's trying to modernize that kind of era uh, yeah. whereas uh once upon a time in hollywood is set in that era um, yeah. it's always it's always uh, tarantino films are always very much about his um, past um, once upon a time very much his love letter to to his era that the era yeah. he um, grew up on movies in 
Um, and I think the films he loves is also a reflection of that. It's a lot of Westerns. It's a lot of like revenge movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, films that definitely came out in that era. Um, I think, though, Pulp Fiction is ultimately the, the tighter, funner, um, with arguably more interesting characters, I'd say. Um, I love I love Uma Thurman, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson. Whereas in Once Upon a Time, I love Brad Pitt. Leonardo DiCaprio is hilarious, but um, some of his scenes do meander. I think I would have to go for Pulp Fiction. Okay. Vote for Pulp Fiction. Tricky one, this, isn't it? Yeah. I do want to add, though, that if Inglorious Bastards was on this list, I would put Inglorious Bastards on the top. That's my favourite yeah. one. I think I'm actually similar. I love that film. Yeah. I've only seen it once, and it still feels... Mm. Uh, out of these two, I... I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to erase from my mind the fact that Pulp Fiction is beloved and held up as a shining example of everything that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's like, if it, you say Tarantino, you think Pulp Fiction. It's true. A lot of that is because everybody else tells you that the two are synonymous. Yeah. To try and separate them out is uh, quite tricky. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> 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 Alright, I tell you what I'm going to go A little on the wild side Oh, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood More recently than I've seen Pulp Fiction And that's only because it came out last year Yeah And I I enjoyed it for what it was, I don't know if I'd want to go back and rewatch it. I think I, I think that single viewing in my head is probably the the highest it's going to get. Okay. I don't I don't know if rewatching it would make me like it anymore. There, uh, go. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Pulp Fiction. Someone make a choice. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Fuck it. My vote goes Pulp Fiction as well. Cool. Second place for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not. I'll give. I'll give that a vote. So, with the connection of Harvey Keitel, I think we need yes. to go to Martin Scorsese. Yay! <laughs> Even though one of his films doesn't. Let's fuck it though. Fuck it. It's close you, enough. You you were you were thinking of that before. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was. I've been thinking that since the first one we did. Yeah. All right, Scorsese. We've done it. There we go. Martin Scorsese. Right, heads up. I've only seen two of these films. <laughs> okay. is, is each of them from one of the. Yes. Okay, so we've got two votes already in the bag. Yeah. Okay, so the first bout for Martin Scorsese is the number one seed, Mean Streets, with 96. Crazy. Also, his first film. Movies are over 90 from Martin Scorsese. He's got a lot of beloved films. He does. The number yep. one, Mean Streets, with 96, against the number four, Goodfellas, on 90. 
Yeah. I've only seen Goodfellas, so Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I think Goodfellas. And Goodfellas is fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Goodfellas is amazing. Goodfellas, Mean Streets was his first movie. And it's all of the, it's like Wes Anderson. It's all the staples of a Martin Scorsese movie, but it's very rough. Um, rough around the sides. It, it's not perfectly made. It's, it, 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 you know, Mean Streets is actually a really good title for it because it does feel really gritty and really like, like on the on the fly and you know it's not perfect by any means but i think goodfellas was was the moment where people were like okay yeah this guy's got a style and he's and he's going for it like this is awesome i think goodfellas is 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 the obvious choice for me two votes for goodfellas all right that was a quick one what would you have voted for david i haven't seen either of them so (laughs) based on the fact that i've heard more good stuff about it goodfellas would be my vote I think, like, I know people who have Goodfellas as their favourite film of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, that, but that's based on nothing. I'm glad you two came to a consensus without me. Really? <laughs> there we go. All right. Our number two bout, The Irishman on 94 against the number three, Taxi Driver, also I, on 94. I've only seen Taxi Driver, so. <laughs> There's my vote. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there. Sorry, Callum, but I've only seen The Irishman. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, interesting. Huh? Very good. Very good. Okay, so The Irishman is it, it is very good. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, the... I've seen bits of Taxi Driver. Everyone's okay. seen bits. There are, cli- there are clips all bits. over the place. There are clips yeah. all over the place. Um, um, yeah, of course. Um, Irishman is is very much like Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. is very much a, a film about uh, his <sighs> his career. Um, the Irishman, there's no way he would ever have made that movie if it wasn't for all of the movies. Yeah. And it. if it wasn't for Netflix. And, <laughs> and if it, it wasn't for Netflix, yeah. Um, uh, and so I like the retrospective nature of it. However, I prefer the um, the perspective of Taxi Driver, the, the actual thing, the, a filmmaker in his prime in that moment, um, making... Oh, arguably my favourite film on this list yeah, Taxi Driver I do want to add though, if Hugo was on this list I think Hugo would have it for me Really? I think Hugo is my favourite Scorsese film wow. Not many people it. say that um, yeah. and, it's like, and it's a you, it's like his yeah. most child friendly movie, anyway yeah. uh, Taxi Driver, please Taxi Come on, where's my mouse? Taxi Driver There we go Which means that the final is Goodfellas against Taxi Driver very Taxi similar era. My boat, just because it's, uh, yeah, for all the reasons I just said. Yeah. Okay, Ryan. Well, it's the two I've actually seen, which is nice. That is nice. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh. It's a tricky one. Yeah, it is. But bear is in mind, both... David. But David barely has a vote here because. Oh no, you haven't, yes. seen, you haven't seen either of them. No, I haven't seen either of them. I've seen bits of both of them, and I would have to base mine on uh, the bits that I've seen. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah, I'd say I'm inclined to agree with Callum for the same reasons. There you go, that makes it easy. But it's not not clear-cut, but he put a fairly good argument. And again, I think the thing with Martin Scorsese, there are a lot of films for him and i think we would we'd all have different picks but i have a really soft spot for shutter island which i don't 
I don't think belongs at the top of a Scorsese list. Yeah, I, I would have had Raging Bull in my top four. Yeah, yeah that I would, love that film. I also love The Departed as much as... And The Departed, yeah. Just too many. Oh, shit, The Departed. Like, we yeah. did question doing some replacements on this one, as we did with others, yeah. but there was too many to bother. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got too many good films. He does, the bastard. Yeah. You know who else has too many good films? Well, come on, come on, we can do this. Are you sure? Surely. Yeah, We've done surely. it already, mate. We've done it Taxi already, yeah. Drive wins Fort Scorsese, who's got a... So... Well, annoyingly, because we got rid of um, Insomnia from Nolan, the uh, Al Pacino connection, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, over there, there is going to be a multitude of different... Um, yeah, there, there must be. Available. Yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> Just saying there is and doing it. DiCaprio as well, but again, we don't have any of them here. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, Joe Pesci. Who else have we in... got there? Um, no, we've got yeah, Spielberg, we got, got Kubrick, and we've got Nolan. Okay, all right, we can make this happen. Oh, again, we don't have the party, otherwise Jack Nicholson would have been perfect. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, that, technically, there's a lot of connections, just not... <laughs> not with present. the films that we've got. Oh. Uh, Christ. Oh, there, there is one. There's one. Let's move on. I'll figure it out while we do it. Pick one. Yeah, once I, once I see the other films, I might be able to do it. Yeah. Who? What was in Spielberg? Who have we got? In, what have we got in the Spielberg film? Uh, Spielberg is Schindler's List, E.T., Saving Private Ryan, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's got to be one there. Not, <laughs> Surely. Not really, uh, cast heavy. Mad, there's not. How is there not any? There is. There must be. <laughs> there is. There must be. The amount of people that are in the fucking Irishman. Yeah, exactly. And Goodfellas. I just want to make the point that also, is Samuel L. Jackson in anything other than Goodfellas that we haven't touched on yet? What do you mean? What? Well, he's in Goodfellas, so Samuel Jackson yeah. is usually in everything, so surely he, he is. I can't think of anything else. He's he's in the uh, the Tarantino films. So yeah, but that's, uh, that's, no one's that's done those. Yeah. Um, Fuck. He's not. He's not <laughs> in Fuck. any. He, he would. Yeah, that would have been a good one to have earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it would have, wouldn't it? It would have. Yeah. I didn't know he was in Goodfellas, or I would have. Oh, hang on. No, he's in Goodfellas, and he's also in. Jurassic Park, which, which is an not Spielberg the that we have for Spielberg. Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! Have we managed to pick the from the three, <laughs> arguably three of the biggest directors of all time? Yeah. Well, no, this is the problem. There is one, but we just haven't quite grasped On it. The t- yeah, it's got to be it there somewhere. A, it's in there somewhere. There are, there are people listening to this podcast yelling at us. Yeah. Spielberg or Kubrick will have an actor that is in both. Yeah. Easily. Who's, who's in Mean Street? Um, um, De Niro. De Niro's oh. in the air. De Niro's is he... uh, Kubrick somewhere? Isn't he E.T.? Isn't De Niro inside E.T.? <laughs> Isn't De Niro E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Oh, this is this is bollocks. Who's in? There must be. Let's, there's so many people in Saving Private Ryan. Let's have a fucking look. <laughs> right, we, we've we've resorted to looking it up, have we? We have, because I want to fucking do it. We started off so well. Right. We did. Just oh, okay. Right. You know what? Okay, here we go. Liam Neeson is in Schindler's List, and he is also an Irishman. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll allow it, will you? No. I, I personally will allow that. <laughs> if that gets us going. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Perfect. Oh, you know what? There's actually not that many people in Tone Poet Rhyme. <laughs> now I look at it, it's actually... Oh, this is bollocks. This is bollocks! What? There's, yeah, there's separation. Let's just do the fucking... <laughs> Isn't Vin Diesel the taxi driver in Taxi Driver? <laughs> he's the taxi. If he is, then he's also in Saving in Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> what about Sybil Shepherd? She in any of the Spielbergs or any of the Kubrick? No, no. I have no idea, mate. No. Pesci, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. <laughs> 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 How have we done this? <laughs> I <laughs> forgot what the other um, Kubricks are. Yeah, go on. Fair, he didn't. Ca- he often didn't, didn't cast huge actors in his early stuff. Anyway, is Shelley Duvall in Taxi Driver? Shelley Duvall. She is, might be. Is hi, I'm Shelley Duvall in. Taxi hi, Driver. I'm Shelley Duvall. Let's find out what she's been in. <laughs> I know she was in that Woody Allen movie, and she, she was, was. and she was she... in Popeye. She was olive oil in Popeye. But I don't know anything else that she was in except, hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Duvall. Uh, oh, she's done nothing. She, she's really, oh, that's produced. She's produced quite a bit. Um, <laughs> oh, she's done shit ton. <laughs> Come on, get it. Tell me that she's in Taxi Driver. She's not in, she's not in Taxi Driver. Oh, fuck. What about Jodie Foster? Surely Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster? Come Jody on. Foster. What's she in? <laughs> Jodie Foster. What's she been in, eh? What's she up to? Is she in it? What, what movies have we got left again? Oh, let's, <laughs> oh, let's move on. Have we done? Oh, let's do Nolan Connection. Let's yeah. say Insomnia and he's in that, but he's not in yeah, the list. But he's, yeah, do it. Fuck it. Because we had to move it, didn't we? Because yeah. it was on the list, but we it was on the list. So we'll mention this. that. This is not. This isn't even a podcast. Anymore. We put this. this no, it's not. It's not. We've we've enforced this on ourselves, and now we're really. Well, I. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, Nolan, please. Hang sir. on. She's no. She is in Taxi Driver. Who is? Uh Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was still looking at Shelley Duvall's page. Part one. I got so excited. There. So did I. So did I. <laughs> right. So Insomnia was on the Nolan list. So oh, there... hang on. Oh, no, wrong one. That's Finch. I'm going to say that um, Jodie Foster's also in Panic Room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which also isn't on the list, so it still counts. Yep. Still, yep. Yeah. So Nolan's the closest we can get because Insomnia <sighs> was on the list. Yep. And we bumped but it. we removed think... it. Yeah. But that's a, that's a better connection than Liam yes. Neeson is an Irishman. It's <laughs> an Irishman. <laughs> All right. So, Christopher Nolan. This Yay! is going to be interesting. So, the first bout is the number one seed 
Dunkirk, for some reason, on 94. I think we know where my feelings lie on this. Yeah, clearly. Against what would have been Insomnia, but we bumped it for Interstellar on 74. Is that... We we did that because we're all pretty unanimous that much yeah. like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, he's done a remake of, of a foreign movie and yeah, actually more interesting to yeah. do like a piece kind of thing. Okay, yeah. cool. well we all prefer Interstellar to yeah, that's anyway. true. Yeah, as, as good as Insomnia is, Interstellar is superior. Yeah. Um, okay, who wants to go first? Which is superior out of Dunkirk and Interstellar? My, my, my vote goes to Interstellar. Same. I think this no. is super unanimous because Dunkirk, we all agreed earlier that for some reason it's on 94 when everything else should be yeah. up there and, not, and Dunkirk mm. should be a little bit lower. Um, yep. As good as it is, it's uh, my least favourite on the list. Yeah. It's probably my least favourite Nolan, to be honest. I, me too, actually, yeah. I know, I don't... <laughs> There's just he, he, he doesn't feel like he does anything particularly interesting with it. I I would like, argue that there's definitely some interesting things he does with it. It's just that whether they work or not. Yeah, and, and it's fine. I I saw it once. I won't see it again. I think it was. I think it. To be honest, it's got the same feeling to it as 1917 does, in that it's a war film. You're meant to experience it rather than view it objectively uh, yeah, but that make, does that make sense was on this list I would be much more torn because I've much preferred 1917 yes me too um, I think 1917 does a better job of engrossing you in so uh, anyway, we've all agreed on Interstellar I'm going to click on it oh, yeah. no doubt there you go there you go um, so that brings us on to the second bout which is The Dark Knight on 84. That's the number two spot. Against the number three spot, Memento. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Memento got up that high. Mm. Memento uh, is fantastic. I like, I like Memento a lot. I think it's, I think it's really clever. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's probably, I, just because of it, like how intricately they have to script it, Probably a better script than The Dark Knight. Oh yeah. If I'm yeah, being, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm trying deliberately to be content. Yeah, because it's but, unique. Yeah. yeah. Uniquely scripted, it's you know. Whereas Dark Knight think, is very conventionally scripted. Yeah, it's, you know. I think Memento is, is is because of because of what it is. It's much. It is definitely much tighter. Um, yeah. I don't know if that necessarily means it's better. Um, the Dark mm. Knight, see. We take it for granted now, but the things it did to change the superhero genre at the time, and just action absolutely. films in general, and action films in general, and it was the first proper use of like the the freeway cross cutting, um, manipulating uh, montage and time to to really engross the audience, um, which uh, which that sequence in which the Joker tells him to go to the one place and then he goes to the other place, I think is still probably the best example of that method. Um, yeah probably ever devoted to film it's, it's in, yeah uh, maybe uh, I, tell you, I tell you what you said that the dark knight did all of these things for cinema in general it came out in 2008 i didn't watch it until five years later and it still blew my mind 
Yeah. Even with, it, even with all the stuff that had come out in the wake of it, the Dark Knight is still the one that blew me away. Yep. Yep. So, yep. I think, and it, and it was the film that made me want to watch Memento. So, right. yeah, I think <laughs> for the, for the sake of a filmmaker who allowed himself to get so high up in the industry on his own terms, and was able to do the movie he wanted, and still made it like one a massive success, but also a critical success, and also a film that holds up today. I think The Dark Knight um, yeah. is probably my choice, as much as I think Memento is a a stellar achievement uh, for for a filmmaker's technically first first properly financed movie um, not being his first feature but definitely his first sort of well properly financed and released movie yeah Mm. don't know for me Ryan do you have a a say? I agree (laughs) sorry I just realised you haven't said much in the last well I couldn't add much to what you just said I think you've already summed it up pretty well I mean, you bring Nolan um, off the screen and it's going to be Callum talking for 15 minutes. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't really want to, like, discount Memento too much, but it is, it is going to be The Dark Knight. It's three votes on Dark Knight. I'll, 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 I'll... So it's three votes versus three votes. It's a, yeah. A clash. So, yeah. The final, the best Christopher Nolan film. Is it Interstellar? Or The Dark Knight. Now, Interstellar, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. It so does split people. It's very divisive. But you can make an argument that a divisive film is arguably better. Yeah. Well, it depends. Some films are divisive. It depends what side of the, of the device it really you does. sit on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, he but certainly... People who love a divisive film tend to love it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Tend, and they hate it. If they don't yeah. like it, Dark Knight I think has been lost a bit in in popularity where everyone loves it. So people kind of have kind of let it fall into obscurity a little bit, maybe a little bit more than Interstellar. Yes, yeah. The Dark Knight, that very obscure film. Yeah, I think Interstellar is is a bigger talking point still than Dark Knight because of because of how divisive it was. Yeah, and because since since then we've had a different Batman, and we're going to have another different Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Not and Interstellar, and Interstellar, and Interstellar deals with such like, like, interesting subject matter. Yeah. It does, yes. It's, I I just adore Interstellar so much. I just think it's so good. It's probably Interstellar. I, I I do again. I want to say if this list was the Prestige, Interstellar, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, I would have a big fucking problem. <laughs> um, but as it stands, um, the, the two that I'm fighting between, I think it's Stella. Uh, the Prestige is so low on the Nolan list. It's bo- yeah. bollocks. It's that is bollocks. Mental. I love the Prestige. It's Can we agree cool. that the Prestige wins? <laughs> the Prestige and Interstellar often battle in my mind for my favourite Nolan film. Out of those two, I prefer the Prestige. Well, it's not on here, so it doesn't matter. No, it's not. No, um, I I love Interstellar. It's good. My vote goes to The Dark Knight, though. Okay. I think... See, I really like Interstellar, but I think it reached very far, and I don't know if it hit all the right notes. I love the fact that there are filmmakers out there doing Interstellar kinds of films, and I, I give it so many points for that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dark Knight is still gold standard for me. Yep. And rightly so. Yeah. Be rare. I feel better giving votes to the Dark Knight because Interstellar already got one from Callum. Yeah. Callum for the uh, Dark Knight. I, I want to add, I'm wearing my Batman uh, yep. uh, pyjama bottoms and my Batman socks and I've got my Batman tattoo. So I'm, I'm very Yeah, but you have also that. got an Interstellar tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Love so <laughs> I love them both. Although the Batman one takes up more real estate on your body. That's very true. Yeah, yeah but what about the big Christopher Nolan face he has on his left arm? <laughs> <laughs> right, um, it's one apiece. It's going to fall to I you. Think, I don't know. Purely because of its effect on popular culture, I'm going to go with Dark Knight. Okay. Because of its sort of, you know, yeah. its, it's influence and its sort of how it's. Sort I'm going to be honest. I think we all knew it was going going to go that way. Yeah. But it's not. It wasn't clear cut. No, no. I think on a on any given day, one of Nolan's other films might sort of yep. crop crop up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Inception's not on there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on. <laughs> There's too many okay. Christopher Nolan films. Absolutely. And he's only made nine. <laughs> ten, I think. Is it ten now? I think Dunkirk was ten. Ah, okay. Ten. Because I got annoyed that ten it wasn't ten. Uh, they should have called it Ethernet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. speaking of this list, I figured it out a minute ago and now I've forgotten. Yeah. A lot uh, of connection. Yeah, who have we got left? Uh, you got Stanley Kubrick and you got um, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. I had it a minute ago. What was it? <laughs> Gary Oldman? No. No. What can we go to the Spielberg list, please? <laughs> we got E.T. Uh, Close Encounters, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. And Saving Private Ryan. Oh, for fuck's sake! That's <laughs> right. A minute ago, what was it? What did I have? Was it Liam Neeson? <laughs> oh. oh. Is, he oh, is, in the is other... it because Liam Neeson is racist and so were the Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> well, Christ. Christian Bale was in Empire of the Sun. Was that he the was? Movie? That was, was, was Steven, yeah, that was a Spielberg film. Yeah. There you go, Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's got to be a better one. Obviously. There like, probably what? is, but there, there will be. There will be. But I can't be bothered right now. We've given up. Crack on. Um, <laughs> what year was Memento released? 2000. Was it 2001? <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. That's a shame. It's 2000, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to... Okay, Dunkirk, Dunkirk was a World War Two film. Yeah. Yes, that's what it should just list. There you and go. so was... Okay, I was going to go with... <laughs> Both of them are. <laughs> it works. Yep. Okay. All right, Schindler's... List um, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. First bout. We've got two war films and two alien films. He's got a yeah. type, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he does. does. He does, yeah. Yeah. And then and then of course you combine the two together in two thousand and five, you get War of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Crazy. That was a great film. Was <laughs> it? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, it's not up there with these four, but it is a good film and I enjoy it. 
okay. until Dakota Fanning opens her mouth. But that's not her fault. She's a kid at the time. <laughs> anyway, I think I think it went oh, wrong when they flicked on the cameras. Is when it went wrong. <laughs> but you know, right? You really don't like that film. Don't do like hate. Absolutely awful. Um, we shall have a conversation at some other time about I, it. Sure. I, 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 I fit perfectly in the middle of this conversation, so I love as in what, it's all right. <laughs> I, I love I love the first are... act and a half, and then I, okay. I, I check out the last half. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you were resolutely indifferent to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. So about one. About one. The top film, Schindler's List, on ninety four. Yeah, it's number four film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, on nine. Um, I really like Close Encounters. Yeah, I like Close Encounters. I think it's really cool. Mm. And it's a really, like, down-to-earth alien film. Yeah. It's, it's like, really it's, realistic. Like, it's not... It's a proper alien film. Yeah, it's, like, old-school alien. Yeah. You know, it's, like... It's not this new fancy alien. It's like, you know, you never really see the alien. You just see the ship. Yeah. yeah. It's in a desert. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, almost yeah. like a precursor to Arrival or something yeah. like that. You know? I'd, I'd say so. I'd say that they uh-huh. are. Yeah. Arrival is if, if Close Encounters kept going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spiritual sequel. They started communicating with it, and then, oh, fuck, it's even more complicated now, you know? Yeah, fucking hell, we've got a whole different thing going on now. Yeah. Uh, I really but, like Close Encounters. I think it yeah, it takes the whole aliens arrive and doesn't do anything beyond that. It focuses on what like what we do with that in the and, and it's, background. And it's what one man happens to do. Yeah. It's not what the government does. It's not what, you know, it's just a bloke. <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff's in the background almost. Yeah, you don't you follow him the whole time. You don't see you see little bits of that, but it's mainly just yeah. about him and his experience with what if aliens found Earth. Yeah. Yep. I, and that, and I think it's really good for that. And yeah. Spielberg will go on to use that technique in great effect in the film War of the World. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think that just just by the way we're talking about Close Encounters, I think um, I think it, it's clearly looking at knocking Schindler's List. Off. I mean, I, don't be wrong; we haven't even started. To, I like we haven't even spoken about Schindler's I've List. I've seen Schind- I saw Schindler's List once, and I do want to watch it again. But there's like one moment that sticks in my mind, um, and that's it. Is the moment where Ray Fiennes trying to shoot the gun, but it gets jammed, yeah. and I was just like, "Wow, that is very powerful, very scary." Um, but I, oh, Close Encounters is just so fun, and it's so like I think I I saw it at the uh, Royal Albert Hall like last year for nice. the live orchestra, amazing. Um, but I forgot like, the main thing I forgot was how fucking funny it is. And yeah, the lead no, yeah. is so funny, and also yeah. it makes way for one of the best Simpsons parody jokes ever with the clown yeah. college. The clown college with the mashed potatoes. potatoes yeah. And in IT Crowd where he makes the sea parks. Yeah. <laughs> also out of match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Schindler's, I think maybe if I rewatch Schindler's List, my mind would be different, but Close Encounters for me um, is, is my pick. Yeah. Close Encounters. To, I've had to yes. look up the name of the act. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, I think. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's brilliant. Encounters. Well. Feels yeah, like a natural. 
it feels like a natural underdog to me, and yeah. therefore I'm drawn to it. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I think Shinder's List is, you know, it's based on a, on real events, and we all, you know, but I think it, because it's a film about a subject that we've seen a lot of. Yeah. Um, and I think there's better films about that subject, despite it being very good. Okay. Um, whereas I think Close Encounters might be the best like alien film apart from Alien Um, (laughs) so yeah I mean my vote's going to go to Close Encounters I think mine is too you know okay and that bitch with the red coat fucking ruins it lovely in black and white the whole thing (laughs) and then this fucking girl oh yeah you just have a red coat Uh, ruins the entire revolutionised storytelling and you're just well fucked off about it fucking ruined it it was looking lovely up until that point she had to have a coloured coat I would love to see a version of Sin City with Ryan's commentary on it just going just pick do you want black and white do you want colour pick one (laughs) right if um, Peter was here this this decision would be a lot harder for me. It would. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the conversation would be heavier for me, I think, I yeah. can imagine. Uh, so but what's the, the second bout? bout is our number two pick, Saving Private Ryan, which is Peter's favourite film of all time, mm-hmm. against the number three pick, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. I can't I say I don't have a bit of a soft spot for Saving Private Ryan, purely because of the child... It was exciting that my name was in the title of a film. <laughs> it was sort of like, oh, yeah, it's, that's my name. <laughs> like, if, it was you look, like... if you look as well, we've got saving and then we've got a P and then underneath yep. we've got E-T and then we've got an R. It looks a bit it's like Peter. 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 I mean, it says saving, 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 saving because there's little space in this, yeah. in this hastily cobbled together. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not, not the biggest fan of E.T. I harbour a resentment of E.T. purely because it was held up as a shining example during the entirety of my script writing course. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's good, but I wouldn't... It's, it is good, but apparently it's got really solid structure. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, fine. with that. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would rather see other films using the same stuff than just keep throwing that one out okay. you know so, some personal so, connection so with diversity this. and i i work very hard to make sure that that doesn't impact these things <laughs> but it does so it's fine it does uh, in the back of my head um if i'm I, gonna say i like it because my name's in it david you can say <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well when we get to the final thing and i vote for david fincher every time you know <laughs> Right, uh, Christ, my... you still got to do that. Fuck me, we need to get on with this guy. Yeah, uh, well, um, set the podcast another time. Like, this, yeah. is, this, this is long. I think that's a good idea. Like an hour and a half. Yeah, well, I yeah. say we do that. I say yeah. we do this, and then we can put it to the vote, and we can actually see those properly. I think. Yeah. Well, what would be better? We put it on the Facebook page. We do. We do. Yeah, we you do, can do each round. We yeah, do let the people decide. Do it with the people. That's what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, for this bout, my vote still goes to E.T. Okay, wow. I, I, it's, it's, it's got the, it's got the, uh, it's, it's got the edge for me. Yeah. I think, I think Saving Private Ryan is great, but 
anytime anyone talks about it, it's the, the bit where thing. they would get mown down and everyone dies and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. th- I find it very difficult to remember anything else from that film. Yeah, th- there are... Th- the yeah. one gripe I have with Saving Part Ryan is it's very America. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. no point do they pan and go, do you want to just look at all the British, Canadian, Australian, South African, French? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we going to mention any of the other people that fought in that war? Or are we just going to go, America saved it? Like, yeah. it's a bit It's a bit of that. There's yeah. a lot of America saved the day in that film. Which is, which is brilliant for a film that was shot in Hatfield. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Which that, uh, which brings me to my point. I think ET is is a better film, but I think um, I I I really only like the opening thirty minutes of Seven. I Brother like Brother. the opening and the ending of Seven Brother Run. Yeah, but that that opening I think trumps ET for me, um, and also the Hatfield connection just makes me feel a little bit closer to it. Yeah, I've got the hometown connection and the name connection. <laughs> Okay, so that's two votes to Saving Private Ryan then, and one to ET. Is that right? I think so. Because yeah. I voted E.T., you two vote. Yeah, yeah just about, okay. though. Just about. There we go. I, I think, think that makes it very clear what the winner is, then, because we're all we're pretty sceptical about voting for second fight. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, the no, final yeah. Close encounters. Yeah. Final fight, close encounters of the third kind, saving Private Ryan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I think Callum's nailed it. Yeah. I vote goes close wow, encounters. Wow, imagine, it's like it's one of his first films. Brilliant. I think it's got to yeah. be 1977. That's got to be early in his it career. It was like third film, yeah. I think. Yeah, he peaked yeah, well, real, real early. <laughs> well, Jaws was his first big one, and that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaws, so yeah, it's Jaws, one of his. Jaws was his first, was it? Yeah, it looks Mental. like it. Yeah. Um. Mad. I think so. First yeah, big was, one, anyway. It might not have been. His... I think it was the first one. First one with a wide cinema release. Right, yeah, okay. he had a couple of others in the lead up to it, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, talk about all the films that aren't on here. You've got Jaws is missing, yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic yeah. Park, and, and some proper Spielberg. Yeah, classics. if Jaws was on there, it might have been a tighter. Yeah, yeah. Catch uh, Me If You Can is probably my favourite. What's that? Sorry, Catch Me If You Can is probably my yeah. favourite. Yeah, that's a great one. We all love that film. Report. We've established how much we love that film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Um, there's only one left. Uh, there's, there's an obvious connection here. Uh, Stanley Kubrick passed the reins of AI onto Steven Spielberg. He did uh, because he he thought that Steven Spielberg would be the better director for it, despite the fact yeah. he confirmed. Close Encounters was his third feature-length film. Yes. Cool. Well, they had TV movies before then, but his first cinema, the Sugarland Express, was his first. Oh yeah, of course, Sugarland. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yes. Right. And then here we go. Just to then. confirm. Our last one. Stanley Kubrick. Here we go. The first battle is between Doctor Strangelove or 97 to stop must... and love the bomb on yeah. 97, which I believe is the highest score. Yeah. That's, I think it that's is. the number one Kubrick film. Now, two, three, and four. Yep. Stanley Kubrick. We we got rid of. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so for anybody who wants to know those films were The Killing on 91, Barry Lyndon on 89 and Spartacus on 87 yeah, we none of us have seen Barry Lyndon I think, is that right? No that was unfair, The Killing um, was like very early like even before 
like Doctor Strange Love. Um, uh, and what was the other one? Spartacus. I think we all yes. agreed. Like even Kubrick wasn't a big fan of it. Like no, it was just what it was. And um, so this was the more so definitive. We replaced them with basically the Stanley Kubrick popular films. Yeah. yeah. Could I mean, as uh, in as much as any Kubrick film is popular. Yeah. So the, the battle here is going to be between Doctor Strangelove and one of the the lowest mm. Kubrick film on Metacritic, The Shining. And I think that's because it's people who don't know what horror films are anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think this is going to be an interesting one because uh, <laughs> complete opposites in I'm terms of aware of how much you're into Peter Sellers and comedy and all that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Ryan, I think you should start this one. Yeah, I prefer Doctor Strangelove because I just, I just in terms of the just of the genre, just purely based on that, I'd much rather watch a comedy film than a. Even The Shining is probably my favourite horror film, if you can call it that. It's even you know borderline not, but um, I'd call it a horror film. Yeah, and it's probably my favourite. Um, but it still doesn't. My favourite horror film is still like only third of the way up into my favourite comedy films so yeah. <laughs> it just offsets it so I'd, I'd, yeah. Strange Love number one David um, see it, it, we're coming across a similar problem I've seen bits of both of these admittedly quite a few bits um, well they're both quite long yeah I, I like The Shining but I I I think I like Doctor Strangelove more. Okay. I think I think it's there's a certain ridiculousness to it. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that, that, yeah. that that specific niche of humour is right up my alley. Yeah, it's brilliant. The absurdity. Yeah, and of the two, Doctor Strangelove is the one that I definitely want to watch more. Okay. Well, so that's, if that that's... counts as a vote, then that's where it goes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would because it would that would have been the tiebreaker if, if not. Shining. So yeah, that definitely is the vote. Yeah. Doctor Strange Love. It is. Where, Lovely. Where does well? Where do your feelings lie, Callum? Oh, The Shining is, is up is up there with my favourite films of all time. Yeah. So the Shining would have very easily been mine. Um. So yeah, Doctor Strange Love. Okay. I feels weird getting rid of The Shining, but all right. <laughs> uh, that's how it, goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. Okay. Uh, and the other bout between 2001, A Space Odyssey, which it's on 84. So you think... Yeah. Well, that is su- you know what? That is surprisingly high for high, how high concept that film is. Yeah. And A Clockwork Orange on 80. So those, those would have been the five and six seeds, I think. Bad. So, what are we? What are we thinking, lads? Um, out of those two, I think the more watchable film is Clockwork Orange, despite it being very unwatchable in a sort of human <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easier. But, uh, it's it's, a, it's got us like the story is linear at least. Yeah. <laughs> And it, <laughs> and I would, tackle, I would say know. it's easier to not turn off. <laughs> yeah, despite <laughs> having scenes on it that are, you know, <laughs> horrific. Yeah. Um, at least they're engaging, even though they're horrific, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like they, you know, you want 
you know, it's not that you want to watch, but you're impelled to watch because of the yeah. story. Whereas 2001, it is easy to get lost. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 2001 can't be a tough watch. It's not, it it's, can, not a, yeah. it's not a Sunday afternoon watch. It's not. No, it's a few Sunday afternoons watch. I I I when I see it I I feel like I need to be in a very dark room and with no distractions. Um when I saw the cinema re-release was the best experience I had watching it despite the fact I had seen it before a few times. Just just by proxy of the fact that it, it, you have to focus your attention because you're in a cinema. Um, yeah. And it was a really enjoyable and rewarding experience. However, Clockwork Orange, you know, Stanley Kubrick is one of my favourite filmmakers of all time, and Clockwork Orange is my favourite of his films. So it's, it stands to reason that Clockwork Orange easily gets yeah. my vote. There you go. This is a tricky one for me, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay, so Clockwork Orange goes through, and it's now facing off against Doctor Strangelove. Well, based on what I just said, yeah, yeah. that's a book <laughs> orange from Callum. Have you actually seen the entirety of Clockwork Orange, David? <sighs> yes, but I don't think <laughs> I was paying attention. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I don't like Kubrick that much. I appreciate him, but I don't like him. There's a difference. Um, I can go ahead and say, yeah, fantastic filmmaker. Not my cup of tea. Fair enough. Is that all right? That's perfectly That's acceptable. Fine. Callum's got really quiet. I think he hates. No, me. no, 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 absolutely not. No, it's absolutely fine. Um, I, he's 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 I, referred to often these days as like a very cold filmmaker, and I think that's that is very a very accurate. Ac- yeah, accurate representation. Um, but that doesn't I mean do bad. Think, I do think that he has the the odd um, movie that that doesn't feel cold to me, which is Doctor Strange. Love it is the shine. Oh, yeah. Orange, um, and you know th- those are the movies I think stand out for me. Yeah. And I think I think what you were saying earlier about sitting in a cinema screen and watching one completely focused—I've never had that experience with any of his films. I, I think, think they are his films are very designed for that. Yeah, if I was forced into something like that, I'd probably develop a hefty love. For yeah. it. So. Like, I mean, it might, you know, it's one of the main reasons that The Hateful Eight is probably one of my favourite Tarantino ones, because it's the first one I saw in a cinema. Okay, fair enough. Compared to everything else, and I just got the better experience that way. I dare say Stanley Kubrick didn't want any of his films to be viewed in the home. Yeah, well, I mean, when he started, it was was an impossibility. Yeah. It wasn't a thing to be viewed in the home. Um, And even when it was, he was able to ban Clockwork Orange for so long, because there was no video release like it's mm. not like it was in people's homes thus you couldn't ban it it just didn't exist yeah, yeah. for sure anyway um, my vote goes to block work orange anyway so okay well i'll give dr strange love some love yeah exactly i like dr strange love i like I, I like it a lot all the bits that i've seen um uh, i can't wait for dr strange love free the the madness of the method whatever it's called oh yeah Brilliant. Multiverse it's of the madness. Mirror Madness World or something. Yeah. It's the Multiverse of Madness, I think. Yeah, that yeah. one. The Mirror Mad. Mirror, the mirror Madness. madness. <laughs> the Mirror World. Um, <laughs> Look at them shine. Look at them shine. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that's it. Yeah, it. we did it. In so under two what, hours. Oh. Yeah. What we're going to do now, we're going to set all these up in bouts and we're going to do yes. maybe, I think uh, there's going to be, so with eight, you get four, you get seven hits. 
So when this is released, we're going to do so. The seven bouts in the uh, the eight yes. directors they picked their best film, put together, and we're going to put that to you guys one a day, and we'll announce for a win. week. Nice one a day for a week. Exactly. So clever, David, it's clever. Yeah. <laughs> almost like we planned it that way. Yeah, almost. So came a reminder of twenty minutes ago. So a reminder of which ones we've got coming up. From Wes Anderson, we have Fantastic Mr. Fox. From David Fincher. Oh, that seems like a like, lifetime ago. Stanley Kubrick sends A Clockwork Orange. Steven Spielberg, A Close Encounter. No, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I was going to say, different movie. They're so small. Yeah, different movie. So small, I, couldn't, I had to cut it down to fit it in yeah. the box. Uh, Martin Scorsese sends Taxi Driver. Christopher Nolan's got The Dark Knight. That's I, I think that might be a that might be a contender. Popular. We'll Popular. see. We'll see. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, Pulp Fiction could do it though from Quentin Tarantino. And also. let's not forget we've got Hot Fuzz on the mm. tape. Edgar Wright. We have gone from very niche to very populous. It jumps around. Yeah. Oh, it does. Oh, oh I'm excited. Which leads I'm it to excited. a public vote. It does lend itself to going one yeah. way. But you I'm never excited. know. I'm you excited. never know. With our audience, they're such an eclectic little bunch. <laughs> and remember, we, we all we can all place a vote from our own. We can. I well. did last time. That's what made up the last vote win, is because I voted. <laughs> well, I, I think I also put my vote in there. Yeah, so. but mine tipped it in my direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then I, and then I got a hand to vote, and I knew what she was going to vote for. So there we go. It okay. worked out. Anyway, <laughs> that is that is it. Oh, double! Oh, double trouble! Stop sharing. Have now. I been stuck in that position the whole time, or what? Um, I don't know. Okay, I have. I can. I've I mean, it's all been shared from my screen, so yeah. anyway. Yeah, it right. you weren't. You weren't on, on that note, guys, I think I think we're good. Thank you very much for sticking around. If you did for this whole time, that's a that's a long. It uh, is. Yeah. They get longer really and longer. Format, it's a really good format. I think that. that yeah. That, fun yeah it allows us to talk about we'll have to come up with other ways to do this as well right, other things we can do with this yeah but we'll, we will and we'll be bringing that to you here on the rap party channel do, 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 do. <laughs> that was. that's an end fuck it yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of whatever we've been doing here at rap party hq we'd like to thank sam Sargent for supplying the score to hear the full tracks and more music of the same ilk, feel free to head to soundcloud.com forward slash Sam Sargent and tell him Rap Party sent you, preferably not at gunpoint. While on the internet, it'd help us out if you liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter and kept an eye out for further episodes. Thanks once again for listening and that's a wrap.